I always love for you to just know how much I have feet of clay, just like everybody else. Yesterday, I was um, reading Facebook. You know, I, I, I don't know why I ever... I, yesterday, I was actually in a moment of, of, of positivity on Facebook. There were all these pictures of cats, which I don't really like. But then there were pictures of dogs, and I really sort of like them mostly. Uh, you know, most of the time, and pictures of little kids and all that kind of stuff, and then this name I haven't really thought about in 30 years popped up on my Facebook feed, and, and I was reading it, Linda and I were watching some kind of, I don't even know what we were watching last night, some recorded television show, or maybe we were watching, oh, date night, we were watching date night and waiting for Josh to come home, we didn't get home until much later, because he's had to stay at work, that's neither here nor there. So we, uh, we were looking, and I, I said some disdainful things out loud about the person uh, whose name hadn't appeared in my life in 30 years. I know you would find that hard to believe I would ever say anything disdainful about other than Northern Virginia drivers. Uh, but apparently, uh, this person elicited a deep response somewhere within me. And rather than paying attention to myself enough to not say something disdainful, I said something disdainful. And then I kept reading, reading, and I said something else disdainful. And I said something else disdainful. Now, I think we stop at three. You know, life, uh, the life of threes. Now, you know, I, I closed, uh, eventually I said, this is just not healthy. I'm closing the Facebook page. Uh, why it took 45 minutes, I don't know. <laughs> but 45 minutes is apparently the time limit I have before my head starts to explode. I tried to look for more pictures of kittens. I thought, well, even they would be delightful to me. But I didn't find them. So I put down my computer. And eventually, we went upstairs to bed, and I slept. And, of course, the last thing I do before I go to sleep, as I'm going to sleep, is I recite the 1 Corinthians 13 and then the St. Francis Prayer. And somewhere in the middle of that, usually I fall asleep, and it shapes my dreams or not. Well, I dreamed last night, and uh, it was clear to me when I woke up this morning at 4.40, 20 minutes before I was supposed to go and sit in Centering Prayer, that this was still on my mind, that this was still on my mind. And so I came downstairs, I made a cup of coffee, of course, the first of five today. <laughs> Actually, maybe it's six. That was my sixth cup up there. But, you know, who's keeping count of the 72 ounces of coffee that's flowing through my veins right now? Uh, at least I'm not dancing everywhere, you know, yet. It could happen. Uh, I came downstairs, I made my cup of coffee, ate my banana, drank a glass of water, went and sat in my chair, turned on the light, which is not always my practice. Usually I sit in silence, centering prayer for 20 minutes in the darkness, but I needed to write. So I wrote for two pages in my journal about what was associated there and about my automatic response to that person's name and where it came from and what was going on inside of me that caused all of that to rise. And I can't promise you that the next time I see that person's name, uh, I won't 
continue to think that they're arrogant and uh, egotistical and other kinds of things, but God's working on me. And so in my dream last night, there was that healing moment that allowed me, now admittedly, it took me 12 hours from the time I saw the Facebook page, but that uh, until this, well, maybe it wasn't 12 hours because I guess we went to bed at, we were waiting for Josh, we went to bed at 11 and I got up at 4.40. So you can understand the eight cups of coffee or whatever it was, uh, maybe. So today we're doing, we're doing step 10. And in many ways, step 10 sounds like a repeat. It's like, really? We already did that fearless moral inventory at, at step four, didn't we, James? And didn't we spend time looking at this? Well, this is not about a fearless moral inventory. Listen to these words carefully because, you know, Richard always brings me back to reality. And as I reread him this morning, continued to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. There's nothing about moral there. It's personal. And when you take a personal inventory, I think that what that is about is paying attention to what's going on inside of you. And when you see yourself falling into that pattern again, oh, the best way I can deal with this is not to deal with it. I'll just get a drink or I'll do drugs or I'll just run my mouth and say ugly things. Whatever it is that's running in my brain, I recognize the pattern coming up and I let it go right away, right away. Now, if you know anything about me, I can be reactive at times. And fortunately, I don't really have any connection with the person who was on my Facebook feed writing endlessly. I just could not believe how long, in any case, yes, I could. Um, so I, I can't apologize immediately because only Linda heard my response. I'm sorry, honey. And I think that this step is really about being aware of all of the things that trip us up in life and about how we automatically fall into certain patterns. You know, when certain things happen to us, we immediately jump to anger or judgment or something else. And it's about learning, if we're going to follow in the way of Jesus, that we don't jump to anything. That we are present in this moment. That we are aware of who we are. I want to share with you a passage from Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 2. Uh, there were a lot of good passages I considered sharing with you, but this, this Romans passage is about how the law is written even on Gentiles' hearts without even knowing what the law is. Um, you'll probably remember or you won't, and it doesn't matter either case. Uh, Jeremiah tells us that the time is coming when God will write God's law on our hearts. We won't have to teach each other. We'll already know it. It'll already be a part of what's inside of us, in our conscience. And I wonder if this isn't what Paul's making reference to. Maybe, maybe not. So beginning in verse 14 of chapter 2 of Romans, Gentiles don't have the law. But when they instinctively do what the law requires, they are a law in themselves, though they don't have the law. They show the proof of, proof of the law written on their hearts, and their conscience affirms it. 
Their conflicting thoughts will accuse them or even make a defense for them on the day when, according to the gospel, God will judge the hidden truth about human beings through Christ Jesus. Their conflicting thoughts will accuse them or even make a defense for them. Their conflicting thoughts will accuse them. My conflicting thoughts accused me. (laughs) My conflicting thoughts last night, this person didn't do anything wrong to me. It was all about my perception of what they did. It was my stuff that I put on this person from 30 years ago. It's not what they did, although they didn't do much. But it was my stuff transferred on to them that, that made me react yesterday the way it was. I was probably just as arrogant and egotistical 30 years ago. I'm still fairly arrogant and egotistical, probably. But 30 years ago, oh my gosh, it was a coping mechanism I had developed about just how totally cool I was, how amazing it was that God had put me on the earth. God's gift to humanity. Maybe I wasn't quite that far, but close. Thank goodness Linda didn't know me then, or she wouldn't have married me. She married me in spite of not knowing who I was, uh, which is good. (laughs) Because she stuck with me for the 27 years. It was like a contract. Hard labor. (laughs) On the rock pile. But the truth of it all is that oftentimes you and I do this exact same thing. A memory comes up. And rather than process the memory, really go there and try to figure out what it is that's making me feel angry or making me feel irritated or making me make a judgment. Instead of asking that question, we go straight for the judgment. We go to the automatic response. And see, part of growing, part of growing in faith in Jesus is learning to be present right now. Right now. Now, you know that whole breathing thing that we do? That whole being aware right now? I even put some suggestions that I found online in the printed update today about things. One of the things is to step back and take a breath. Before I needed to say my out loud words to my wife, I needed to take a step back. And maybe the next time I see that name, it won't take me six hours (laughs) To realize I've crossed that line. Maybe it'll take me six minutes. I'd like to believe I'm growing and getting better. But you see this, this personal inventory is not about looking at your moral faults. Uh, I'm convinced step four is about looking back on the things that you have done wrong and then trying to get those things corrected. Paying attention to them. Step 10, I'm convinced, is being present in the moment, being aware when we cross the line and immediately because of that awareness, doing something about it. Oh, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. I'm really sorry. And maybe eventually we get to the place where we won't even have to say we're sorry because we don't let those things come out of our mouth. Maybe we'll only have to say, sorry, God, that I let that stuff happen. I'm convinced that becoming people of faith is learning to stop attaching to things that don't really matter in this world. Attaching value. Because that's when it becomes a problem. When we attach a value to things that don't need to have a value. When I attached it in a judgment to this person 30 years ago, and it rose in me again yesterday evening, 
I didn't need to attach it 30 years ago, but certainly now that I've discovered it, I need to let it go. It's almost like jumping back to step one. I am powerless over this stinking thinking that goes on in my brain. I'm powerless. It just seems to go on. But if I can recognize it, I can let it go and see if God can't do something about it in me. Maybe it doesn't have to have sway in every encounter that I have. When you do something to set me off, and that's, you all don't do anything to set me off. Usually, you know. Okay, Marge, you're exception. You set me off all the time, just constantly. Marge never sets me off. I can't think of any. Well, you know, see? (laughs) See, if you think hard enough, anything can set you off, even the kind and gentle Marge Webb. If you don't pay attention to what's going on inside of you, I'm convinced one of the things I see in Jesus is that he was always aware of what was going on inside of him. And he let it go. And he's calling us to that way of life. Let me tell you one of the things I think is one of the biggest dangers uh, of, uh, of church today, of the way we do church. And what happened, I don't know, 17, 1800 years ago. And I, I love that we worship God. But sometimes when we worship, we forget that what we're supposed to do is follow in the way of. When we worship Jesus, we forget to follow the way of Jesus. Because Jesus is so high above me, I don't have to do the things that Jesus did. In fact, we get to worshiping him, we forget he's fully, fully a human being. Fully a human being. Tempted by the exact same things. Tripped up by the same kinds of feelings that run in each one of us. The difference was that Jesus boy didn't act on him. You and I have to be careful on that line. Now, I'm not ever questioning our worship here. I, I love worship, and I love the beauty of what we do in here. Uh-oh. I didn't, I, see? See how easily I, I just say things I should never say? No. No. I think James and I agree on that. We want to worship God, but we also want to follow in, his, follow in the way of his son, Jesus. We want to live a life that reflects the goodness of that Son of God, because in each one of us is both spirit and matter, is both body and spirit at work together in us in the same way it was in Jesus. No, you're not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. But Jesus set an example of what it looks like to be a spiritual being in a physical body. What does it look like for us? Because the only way we know love is as as matter, as physical bodies. And the only way we know love, we know hate is in physical bodies, is in the things we do to each other with our words and our actions. So that's why it's so important to pay attention to what's going on inside of us. This following Jesus is tough work. It'd be really nice if we could just put him on a pedestal and, you know, say, oh, I just wish I could be like that guy. He's really nice, but thank goodness he forgives me. Well... Indeed, thank goodness he forgives you, (laughs) and me too. But he also wants us to follow him. Never once in Jesus' life and ministry in the Gospels does he say, worship me. He does say over and over and over again, follow me. Follow me. Follow in the way I'm leading. 
be like me. Be aware of what's going on inside. Stop saying things just to hurt each other because you can. Sometimes you just want to be the one that's in charge. So you say something really ugly that proves you can say ugly things. I'm not sure it proves much else. Sometimes you think you can win an argument, which I've already told you is a fallacy. In my mind, no one ever wins arguments. No one ever wins arguments. But you think you can win the argument by pulling the rug out from underneath the person you're having an argument with. So you say the ugliest thing you can think of. Because oftentimes the people you argue with are the people you care about the most. You know their deepest, darkest secrets, so you pull that thing out, trip them up right on the floor, leave them bleeding. Maybe not literally, but in their soul. That's got to stop. To me, that's what step 10 says. God has already written the law of love in your heart. Gentile or Jew, it is in there. God wants you to pay attention. Your heart, the spirit in you, accuses you. You know when you've crossed the line, don't you? I mean, don't you know when you've crossed the line? If you don't know when you cross the line, you've got to start working on that right away. <laughs> That's the first step. Unfortunately, sometimes we discover we've crossed the line after we've crossed it. One of the teachers at the living school where I'm studying, Jim Finley, I just love him. Listen to him. He speaks to my soul. But he says, you know, even as we become more and more aware and detached from the things that lead us astray, Sometimes we watch ourselves going over. We see the waterfall coming. <laughs> we know this is going to set. We, we know we're going over. We're watching ourselves. And the best we can do is just wave at ourselves. Bye. <laughs> As we go over. <laughs> and try the next time to avoid the waterfall. Try the next time to avoid the waterfall. So you're going to go over it. Like I went over it last night for no apparent reason whatsoever. Well, actually, two pages worth in my journal of apparent reasons of what I attached to this person from my past that had nothing really to do with them and everything to do with me. And God accused me in my dream last night. And God helped me work it out this morning. Now, I'd like to say it's completely worked out. I've already said, probably not. But it's a step in the right direction. I want to encourage you to take steps in the right direction. Pay attention to what you're doing every day, to what you're thinking every day, to what you're saying. Try any one of the four steps I think I put down as suggestions in the printed update. But the first one is just breathe. Before you say something, breathe. Stop. Take a breath. Before you say something you can't ever take back. I've said some of those things in my life. I'm sure you have too. Take a breath. Step back. Be aware of what's going on inside of you. Maybe you can't take a moment now. Hold on, I've got to go journal for 30 minutes and I'll come back and finish talking to you. You, you probably can't do it like that. But make a mental note. What, what was going on in that conversation that suddenly I was ready to pounce? What was going on in me? Why couldn't I just be there? It's hard work to follow Jesus. And the older I get, the harder it's getting. I, I thought it would be like a downhill run, you know. I've 
hanging in there, hanging in there. Finally got to the top of, you know, it's like the roller coaster. You wait and you wait and you wait and you're anticipating and suddenly you get to the top and whee! Well, hopefully not. That's not usually good in a roller coaster. Usually that's pretty bad. Don't want to fall off the roller coaster and break every bone in your body kind of thing. That's not a good plan. But, you know, I was hoping for that coasting action in the second half of life. And it appears that in the second half of life, I'm reworking the same kinds of things, but learning to let them go. So I encourage you, keep awake. That's what Jesus kept telling us during his life ministry. Keep awake. Be aware. Know what's going on inside of you. Don't let your knee-jerk reaction be the way you behave every time. Respond as the Spirit of God leads you to. And not as your judgmental mind spins you into. It's worth trying. So, this week, your assignment. Oh, I haven't given you, didn't give you an assignment last week. It's because I, I was still half asleep from being on the plane the night before. Um, my assignment for you this week is pay attention. Stop and take a breath. If you feel something rising in you, like you're getting ticked off, irritated, angry, explosive. If you've gotten to explosive, I don't know how you back off that bad boy. <laughs> Woo! Except explode and go over the edge and pray that there's tomorrow before you have an aneurysm. Let it go. Pay attention in every moment. Pay attention. And if you catch yourself don't be afraid to apologize. If after you've said it, as quickly as possible, realize you've crossed that line. Don't wait till you take the moral inventory again 10 years from now or 10 weeks from now. Do it now. Respond now. That's my assignment. Work on being present in the moment. Keep breathing and being aware of your breathing. Uh, it's, it's worth the work. But it is hard. And maybe stop reading Facebook. <sighs> if you're me, that's a definite uh, maybe.